For KOSU, I'm Michael Cross. State Question 820 will be the only issue on the ballot this coming Tuesday, March 7th. If approved, it would legalize recreational cannabis for adult use in Oklahoma and create a pathway for expungement of some marijuana offenses. In this bonus episode of the podcast, we bring you two stories about State Question 820 from KOSU reporters Caitly Mills and ex Nunez. Selling cannabis has become big business in Oklahoma, but business could be changing if voters legalize recreational marijuana on Tuesday. KOSU's Caitly Mills spoke with cannabis entrepreneurs to find out how things could change. We have $90 ounces. They're mostly going to be hybrids. Are they wanting the $60 ounce? Just whatever we have. They're looking for sativas, but I don't think we have any sativas right now. The Peak Dispensary is selling to medical marijuana patients through a drive through window. Well, yeah, we love the drive-thru. Um, came in a lot of handy during uh, COVID, that's for sure. That's Blake Cantrell, the CEO of The Peak, which has three dispensary locations, a corporate office, and a distribution center. Cantrell has been in business since the passage of State Question 788, which legalized medical marijuana in Oklahoma. There was a lot of early confusion about what's allowed, what's not. Granted, uh, it also came with a lot of excitement. Everybody, including patients, was excited about the new program, couldn't wait to see how it developed. And a lot has been developed in the last four years, including the establishment of a standalone agency, the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority. Every year, a lot of bills come up in the legislature. You know, what we're doing today is shaping what this industry will look like, at least in Oklahoma, Forever. Cantrell says while some of that changeable nature of Oklahoma's cannabis industry remains, businesses like his are ready to serve more customers. And they might get that chance if voters choose to pass state question 820, which would legalize adult use for ages 21 and up. We're excited for it. We uh, view this as a huge benefit to the industry and to the state. Cantrell says most of his customers are supporting the state question. I believe that the majority of people who are cannabis medical patients recognize this for what it is, which is further access to further people of meaningful medication uh, without having to, you know, pay a $200 renewal fee, for example. He says for some, it could just come down to a math question. Does someone purchase enough cannabis on their medical license warranting paying the renewal fee for their medical card to stay at a lower tax rate? How State Question 820 is written medical patients would continue paying their 7% excise tax, while recreational customers would pay 15%. Meanwhile in Tulsa at the Nirvana Group's warehouse, multiple pre-rolls are being put into a machine that dispenses cannabis shreddings into a smokable casing. The pre-rolls are then pressed by hand and packaged individually by a room of workers. This operation is overseen by Nirvana Group's CEO, Urshad Lassi, who began this cannabis enterprise with his family in the wake of State Question 788. In the past four years, you've seen just massive innovation, uh, product development, and, you know, we've kind of grown into one of the largest uh, cannabis markets in general. Like Cantrell, Lossie supports State Question 820 and thinks it will benefit his business. The industry is ready to take on recreational and the complexity of of whatever that's going to bring. Plus, we're, we're excited to see our business grow. But Lossie has had some mixed reviews. Some people, he says, are not as satisfied with how Oklahoma's medical market operates currently, and some medical patients worry recreational customers will take over the supply. But Lossie says as it stands now, there's way too much supply and not enough demand in Oklahoma. 
He says opening up to recreational customers will help tamp down the state's illicit market. It, we're just going to have a new outlet for us to be able to legitimately sell that. So these businesses that are participating in those illegal activities will be more inclined to, to not. Lossie has also heard of concerns that bigger, more established businesses would set their eyes on Oklahoma and move in and take over the market. But back at the peak, Cantrell says he isn't concerned about that. There is currently a moratorium on new marijuana business licenses in the state. Even if they wanted to, it would have to be in kind of a backdoor route, and most major MSOs, multi-state operators, have no interest in doing anything but buy the book. There is still an element of unknown to what can happen, but business owners like Cantrell are working with the state to make for a smoother transition if 820 passes. Voters will ultimately decide that on March 7th. In Oklahoma City, I'm Caitlin Mills. As Oklahoma voters weigh in on whether to legalize recreational marijuana on Tuesday's ballot, the outcome is anyone's guess. Neighboring Arkansas rejected a ballot initiative last November while Missouri passed its version. KOSU's ex Corette Nunez reports on what the votes can tell us about the fate of Oklahoma's state question 820. It's the first day people can legally buy weed in Missouri. And business is booming at Good Day Farms Dispensary in Kansas City. Customer Sabrina Blakeney says what brought her to the store was simply... The excitement. It's like Christmas in February. I've been uh, waiting for this like for a lot of years, so I'm really excited. This recreational cannabis could be coming to Oklahoma soon. That is if voters approve State Question 820 next Tuesday. The ballot initiative would allow people to possess up to one ounce of marijuana and grow up to six cannabis plants. It also imposed a 15% excise tax on each sale and create a pathway to expunge certain prior marijuana offenses. But how likely is it that this ballot initiative will pass? We have medical marijuana, and it's the next evolution of this law. That's University of Oklahoma political science professor Allison Shortle. Other states that are similar to Oklahoma are passing these same laws. But not all similar states. Neighboring voters in Arkansas decisively rejected their ballot initiative last November to legalize recreational marijuana, with nearly 60 percent voting against legalization. Janine Perry is a political science professor and director of the Arkansas Poll at the University of Arkansas. What they failed to anticipate is that moderates and liberals would have, as they did, one or more objections to the measure. Perry says longtime cannabis supporters who typically vote with Democrats were frustrated by Arkansas's ballot initiative. The proposal didn't include a route to expunge past marijuana convictions or allow people to grow weed. She also says including provisions like making tax revenues go toward funding law enforcement didn't attract as many conservative votes as the Vote Yes campaign hoped. With some groups on some issues, it doesn't matter how you sweeten the pot. <laughs> you know, they're, they're still a no. And in this case, the sweetening of the pot actually turned off a slim portion of their natural supporters. But Arkansas voters not passing their ballot initiative doesn't align with how voters feel about the issue nationally. We know that a majority of Americans believe that marijuana ought to be legal. But there are some differences with regard to what legalization should look like. That's Paul Armentano, the deputy director of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. He says more than half of the 21 states that legalized recreational weed 
did so via a statewide vote, including Missouri. In addition to making it legal to possess up to three ounces of weed, Missouri's amendment established a process to expunge some nonviolent marijuana offenses. Armentano says as more states adopt legal recreational marijuana, it becomes more popular with voters. And voting in a populist way reigns supreme in Oklahoma. Despite the state's Republican reputation, Shortle, the OU political scientist, says it's not unusual for voters to approve liberal-leaning ballot measures such as they did on Medicaid expansion in 2020. There's not necessarily one type of conservatism in Oklahoma. There's also a great streak of independence as well as a good amount of populism in the state. She says the amount of tax revenue Oklahoma would receive from sales could sway residents to vote for legalization. I think the business side of things is going to impact it a great deal. That, to me, explains a large reason why people who aren't particularly fond of drugs would support this type of law. Another piece she says could resonate with voters is creating a pathway to expunge previous marijuana offenses, considering Oklahoma has one of the highest incarceration rates in the country. But ultimately, Shortle says voter turnout will decide the outcome of the upcoming special election. Sometimes in Oklahoma, these are decided by very few voters. So it is important if you care about this issue to go out and vote. Oklahomans can cast their ballot and decide whether or not to legalize recreational marijuana on March 7th. In Oklahoma City, I'm Excret Nunez. State question 820 is the only item on the ballot Tuesday. Approval would legalize recreational marijuana for adult use and create a pathway for expungement of some marijuana offenses. You can check your polling location and view a sample ballot on the election board website. And you can find all our coverage of State Question 820 at KOSU.org.